you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Good morning, football, brought to you by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. What's up, everybody? My name's Cams. Mike Robb is here. Peter Schrags is here. Kyle Brandt is here. Let's do it. Highlights last night, playoff pictures. Week 16 is over and done. What happened between the Saints, Saints-ish and the Dolphins? Uh, Kyle, what happened? The Dolphins win seven in a row, 22-3. And what is my post-game sound? Could it be someone from the Dolphins? Who is the voice in my ear who's going to tell me it's Jalen Waddle, the rookie sensation after another 10-catch day? Take it away. All right, that's Waddle. He's excited about another win, seven in a row. Guess what? They're also the seven seed, that last wild card spot. They now control their own destiny, win out, and they are in. Win number seven may not, you know, be the toughest opponents over that stretch. I said it earlier, Jets twice, Giants, Panthers, uh, a mostly missing Saints squad. But you play who's on the schedule, and it's hard to string together win after win. M. Rob, do you think the Dolphins are the most dangerous team in the AFC wild card race? Oh, most dangerous team in the AFC wildcard race. They are dangerous, but I wouldn't say the most dangerous. Um, I don't necessarily believe totally in Tua to win games with his arm. I, I would have to go uh, with the New England Patriots. And, and I can't sit here and say that I totally believe in Mac Jones as well, but the kid's very accurate. And when you look at the New England Patriots team, they have two elements that I love when you talk about playoff time. They run the football and they have great defense. They have a pass rush. They have uh, a, a suffocating defense. They can stop the run. They have a, a cornerback in J.C. Jackson who can uh, shut down your number one receiver. Uh, and, and, and defense and run game travels, right? And so when you look at the National Football League and how teams, how teams win and lose games, most teams lose the game. There, are, there aren't many teams that uh, just play mistake-free. When you look at the way the New England Patriots play, they play fundamentally sound. They play a physical brand of football. And that's what leaves that, that, that's what opposing teams think about uh, when, they're, when they think about playing New England Patriots. So I love the Colts, too. But if I had to pick a team in the AFC wildcard right now, it'd have to be the Patriots. That'd be the team I wouldn't want to play. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I got to give the Dolphins credit. I know that game wasn't against Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and whoever else. But eight sacks is eight sacks. The Dolphins absolutely dominated a team they should have dominated on the road. And yet I can't look at that team from last night with that offense and say they're the most dangerous team. I don't know if that team, if they're down 10 points, is going to be able to light it up and keep up. One team that I saw Saturday night in person and watched the Saturday night before that, Indianapolis Colts. You mentioned them, Mike. I, the, the adversity that they're facing right now, they had like, four offensive linemen missing in, in their win over the Cardinals on Saturday night. And Jonathan Taylor still gobbled up more than 100 yards. 
It, this is a team that has been through a lot. They started off 0-3, they were 1-4, and now in back-to-back -back weeks, they've beaten the Patriots and the Cardinals on Saturday nights. And they hung with the Buccaneers before the Bucs got the best of them. And when they needed Wentz, they needed Wentz to make a play. In the fourth quarter, in a one-score game, Carson Wentz on Saturday night threw one of the prettiest passes and most difficult passes we've seen from any quarterback when he hit Batman in the back of the end zone and put that game away. Um, the Colts, they're going to get back Quentin Nelson, they're going to get back Darius Leonard, and they still have the best back in football in Jonathan Taylor. I don't think anyone wants to face the Indianapolis Colts. They're hungry, they're mean, they're really well coached, and they've been through a lot already. That by the time they get to January, things are going to be a lot smoother than they were in December, where they were still yeah. winning games. I think you're right, Peter. I think dangerous, you have to talk about the Colts. I think they're scary to play. I think you hate to see them on your schedule right now. Mm -hmm. But this year is a very bizarre year for the AFC in particular, because typically we as a show right now are saying, there's this team that's coming running, and they started terrible the first two months, but man, they've won four in a row, and they're on the outside looking in, but if they can get some breaks, maybe they can get in, and no one wants to... That team isn't really there. If you look at the teams that are out of the picture right now, do any of these teams scare you? Denver, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Ravens. These are all teams that are really struggling. They're not with this head of steam. Maybe the Raiders, I guess. But I'll bring it back. I do think the answer is the Colts. But I just want to take a second to talk about the Dolphins because I think they're the most interesting team. Kay said it. I've said it. Seven-game losing streak. Seven-game winning streak. Unbelievably bizarre. And the way that they're doing it is not something that's really um, able to put a finger on it. It's not stats-based. They play with an edge on defense. They kind of just make plays. And their entire offense goes through a rookie wide receiver. Not a Wookiee. That's a Star Wars. A rookie wide receiver. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this. Like, they don't really run the ball. They don't have this crazy number two. It's just Waddle. Waddle left, Waddle right, Waddle up and down the field. And, I, I, again, I'm trying to think of a comp. You know, everyone keeps comparing him to Anquan Bolden when he came out. That was a different team. That is not built like this. And we've seen some great rookie wideouts. But I just don't know if this is sustainable. Now, listen, they beat Lamar Jackson on a Thursday night and more or less derailed the Ravens' season. I don't know if the Ravens have been the same since then for a lot of different reasons. So it's not that, like they've completely just played a bunch of cupcakes. But this is the team. I think they're going to the playoffs. I really do. This, is this the team on a Monday morning after the wildcard round where we're going to say, oh my gosh, the Dolphins beat Buffalo or they beat some team that we think is going to coast through that round? I don't know because I think they're almost unprecedented. Seven losing, seven winning. It is a full theater mask of smiling face, frowning face. Colts are the most dangerous, but I think the Dolphins are the most intriguing. Yeah, it's it's who don't you want to see. That's the right way to look at it, and that's how you guys are looking at it. So if you're the Titans or you're the Bengals, like who in that column? I don't want to see the Chargers. I think there's genuinely something dangerous about not knowing what to expect week to week. They're dangerous to other teams, and they're dangerous to themselves because we've seen them lose to some really good ones. But at their best, they can contend. This is a team that took down the Chiefs. This is a team that took down the Bengals. This is a team that also lost, of course, to the Texans and got beat up by the Broncos. But at their best, and when Herbert is clicking... I think they're just a little bit more terrifying. I'm pulling for the Chargers, if I'm the Bengals and the Titans, to stay. Plant yourselves. Buy a house in that in the hunt column. Don't rent. Don't be able to move. I don't want to see them in the wild card round. They can legitimately, in my opinion, take down anyone when things are clicking for them. And I'd rather face the Dolphins, I think. And I'd rather face the Raiders or one of the other teams. What do you guys think? At GMFB with your thoughts on the AFC wildcard race. Who's most dangerous? Let's bring in Tom Pelissero to give us a little bit of some updates on some things. Tom, let's go to the AFC South. We know the Jags, they're in the market for a new head coach. Why is today a big deal for that search? And number two, C Titans, what is the latest with Julio Jones? Okay, the Jaguars head coaching search is going to ramp up soon here as they look for Urban Meyer's replacement. Some of the names to watch here, former NFL head coaches Jim Caldwell and Doug Peterson, Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, who of course is a former Jaguars quarterback, and Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. But the Jaguars are going to cast a wide net here. They are not going to be rushing this decision. General Manager Trent Baalke remains on the job and he is going to be assisting owner Shad Khan in the search. 
Today is also the first day that NFL teams that have a head coaching vacancy can request interviews with assistant coaches from other teams. But there's only two teams right now that have a vacancy. We'll see how much, if at all, the Jaguars and Raiders decide to take advantage. Meanwhile, a record 106 players landed on the reserve COVID-19 list on Monday, all of them as a result of a positive test. That list includes Titans wide receiver Julio Jones and outside linebacker Bud Dupree. A frustrating year overall for Julio, who's appeared in only nine games because of a hamstring injury, has yet to catch a touchdown pass this season, and now his status in doubt for a big game on Sunday against the Dolphins. Since the start of December alone, K, nearly one in four active NFL players has tested positive for COVID. There could be additional protocol changes as soon as today after the CDC issued new guidance cutting the recommended isolation time from 10 days to five days after a positive test. Mm, it's well said. Good information from you. I hope Julio Jones is out there playing. You know, all Titans fans wish he was when he and A.J. Brown are on the field together this year. They are 6-1 in, in that win-loss column. So hopefully they get it together. Epic AFC implications. This is a segment we call We In or We Out. I'm going to say a statement, and then my co-hosts are going to say whether they agree or disagree. And let's start off actually in New England, where the Patriots have now lost two straight games, both to the Colts and to the Bills. And that Bill Belichick is the coach of the year deal that we were talking about for the last two months, it's kind of worn off a little bit. It doesn't seem like Belichick is the front runner anymore. Unless you think he is. So here's my new statement as we enter week 17. Not Belichick. Mike Vrabel is the NFL's coach of the year oh, wow. in 2021. Are we in or are we out? Start us off, KB. I love it, Peter. It's fun to talk about Vrabel. It's fun to talk about the Titans because they've just kind of been off to the side for a couple of months. And yet there they are and where they are supposed to be. And yet, Peter, I'm going to go thumbs down, and incredibly, I'm going, to, I'm going to endorse a coach in the same division. I look at what Frank Reich is doing right now, and take it any way you want. Frank Reich started this season by losing his brand new quarterback in training camp, as well as Quentin Nelson, and was one and four right the season off. Well, not anymore. They're nine and six, and Peter, personally, I think this year's Coach of the Year should be weighted to the back half of the year because that is when COVID has started to take its greatest effect on rosters, and we have to see what some of these coaches are made of. Um, I watched Frank Reich go out without Quentin Nelson, without Darius Leonard, against the Cardinals and beat them. He is dealing with several notable unvaccinated players who are subject to missing a lot of time, and he's serious, just winning game after game after game. I like Frank Reich this year for the Red Hot Colts. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one, KB. You know what? I, I like Frank Wright, uh, but Frank Wright has had Jonathan Taylor the entire season. That is the identity of that team. That is the identity of that offense. I, I would vote for Mike Vrabel in this particular cat. I would vote for him for Coach of the Year. I think he's dealt with a lot of adversity. I think this team has dealt with a tremendous amount of, adver- of adversity. Um, the fact that they lost uh, Derrick Henry, King Henry, and they still continue to run the football at a high clip. They continue to be aggressive. They continue to just keep their identity. They're a scrappy bunch. And I think Ryan Tannehill is real gritty. I'm not saying he's doing the gritty. I'm saying he plays the gritty brand of football, right? As long as he doesn't turn the football over. So I would... I would say, yeah, I think Mike Vrabel, the the adversity that this team has overcome, the fact that they continue to play tough-nosed football, they get after the quarterback, and again, in the playoffs, they're going to be a tough team to play. Yeah, I'd vote for Mike Vrabel. I think think right now he is the NFL coach of the year. You make a good case. I'm going to say that I'm out because I think you need it all. You need the adversity. Vrabel has that. I don't think having a superstar should take you out of the coach of the year race. So Jonathan Taylor, the fact that he uses him the way he uses him, the way he set that team up, that should just go in the favor of Frank Reich getting some nominations and some love in this conversation. But I'll submit Coach Matt LaFleur because the league year starts. It should be coach of the year. So let's vacuum this bad boy. League year starts in March. LaFleur goes out there. Drama of the offseason. We're talking about it now nauseated about it week in week out and I personally gained a lot of respect for Matt LaFleur in those moments he showed up at the facility he was very genuine in all of his press conferences his handling being the middleman I think he has a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers coming through that door wearing those flip-flops in that office t-shirt getting back 
into the building. And honestly, after this tumultuous offseason that he handled really well, nearly perfectly, there has not been a more consistent and dependable team out there post-week one. Win over the Cardinals Thursday Night Football without any of his wide receivers. I think that was a moment for him. I think the coach of the year needs that signature moment. Traeger, to me, that was that. Tell me if I'm doing this wrong. You know more about how this gets chosen than I do. But I also feel like people want to say he has Aaron Rodgers. It's his third season with him. Mm-hmm. If Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers also, you need to be a certain kind of, of, of coach to gain his trust, to be there with him mentally. I give LaFleur doesn't get enough credit for being that guy. And personally, if Aaron Rodgers was the ticket to, or shouldn't get you an MVP or it's so easy with him, why did the coach before him miss back-to-back playoffs with the same quarterback and pretty much the same roster? Mike McCarthy helps bolster the case for Matt LaFleur strikes. It's a it's a great argument, Kyle. I am so in with you on Reich. And Mike, you could be right with, with, with Vrabel. That's why this year's race is so wide open. And Kay, you left off there with a name that might be getting some mentioning too. The Cowboys are 11-4. and four. Maybe Big Mike is going to say, you know what, Matt LaFleur? Maybe it's me, Mike McCarthy, as the coach of the year this season. Uh, this, hey, look, this is, the, this is the wide open MVP year. It's also the wide open coach of the year year. One name we didn't mention was Zach Taylor. He could be in the conversation. So let's get to the next question of We In or We Out. And Zach Taylor's quarterback, Joe Burrow, who put on a show. Uh, earlier in the week, Wink Martindale came out and said, when he's talking about these quarterback connections and the receivers, let's not put a gold jacket on, on Joe Burrow just yet. Joe Burrow went out and threw for the fourth most yards in NFL history in a game with 525 and was asked about Wink Martindale's comments from earlier in the week. Take a listen to Mr. Burrow. I didn't think it was a necessary comment. I wouldn't say I was offended by it. I mean, I'm in year two. Who knows what's going to happen down the road, but I didn't think it was a necessary comment. Was it on your mind when you were throwing at the end for 525? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Now, Kyle yesterday <laughs> said that Joe Burrow yes. is the grown-up yes. version of Kevin McAllister. And I haven't had this. I couldn't get this out of my head. I, look, I'm, I'm more of a Roman Roy, Kieran Culkin guy in the moment. But growing up, yeah. it was all about McCulley. Um, so here is the statement I will make. And it is that uh, we in or we out. Mm-hmm. The Joe Burrow, McCulley, Culkin comparisons are spot on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are going to be so happy with what I'm about to do. Since I'm in the basement, I got a lot of silly old props from shows past. Not only do I give you thumbs up, but I give you comical prop thumbs up. Big thumbs up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is what I have for you today, and I'm way in on it. Because being the uh, Kevin McAllister isn't just about being a little cute kid in a Christmas hat. You have to enjoy the pain of others. It's called being a sadist. And uh, Joe Burrow enjoys the pain of the Baltimore Ravens. He treats them like his own personal wet or sticky bandits. Let's remember, Kevin McAllister at any point could have gone to the police, could have said, I know they're coming to my house at 9 o'clock tonight. I'm home alone. Can you help me? He didn't want to. He wanted to stay home and hunt those men and hurt them. I think Joe Burrow has that same instinct. I am in on it. I also want to shout out, he's got a little bit of Rory Culkin the sort of Cooper Manning yes, of the Culkin yeah. family that we all celebrated okay. in the movie Signs. So I'm in Culkin's across the board with a thumb that is funny because it's larger than a normal-sized thumb. What do you got, Kay? Uh, I wish I had that big thumb. I bet I do have it somewhere in this apartment of mine. Well done by yeah. you. But you're comparing Joe Burrow to Kevin McAllister. The question says Joe Burrow yeah. and young Macaulay Culkin look similar. I'm out yeah. on that. I'm really good at this when I see somebody. I'm like, you look like it's never crossed my mind. And to be quite frank, and I know we know him as Kevin McAllister from two incredible movies, two of my favorites. I, at a very young age, saw a movie called The Good Son starring Macaulay Culkin. And sure. I've never been able to yes. shake the image of of this sinister young boy and the cliff and the ice skating pond. I will never go ice skating on a pond ever in my life. So he, Macaulay Culkin, was ruined for that, and I happen to love Joe Burrow. So, no, I do not think they're anything alike. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top not of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Back on Good Morning Football, tickets on sale now to celebrate the conclusion of the NFL's biggest season ever. You can check out the Super Bowl experience presented by Lowe's. It's at the L.A. Convention Center. It will be in February. You can get autographs from your favorite players. You don't ever know who will show up. There's photo ops with the Vince Lombardi trophy, the real thing. You can test your skills with interactive NFL games. And there's a lot more. I can't even get through it all. So tickets start at just 20 bucks, kids 12 or under. Attend free every day. Download NFL One Pass, and then you can purchase your tickets there. Download NFL One Pass. Buy tickets now. All right, we're here. It's your championship. You want the trophy, so let's do it. Championship edition fantasy waiver wire. And the running backs have been hit. You just heard from Will Selva in a previous segment. Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards and Blair, James Robinson dealing with some issues. So let's hit it hard. And let's go with Rex Burkhart, right? He had not had more than 41 yards in a game all year before breaking out with 22 carries for 149 yards and two touchdowns in that win over the Chargers. A head-scratching win, but still a win. And Burkhead ran all over them. So I don't know why the Texans wouldn't feed him again this weekend against the Niners. If you lost one of those three running backs I mentioned, I definitely would have Rex very high on my priority list. All right, let's get to it here. Robinson exited, the backup came in, and Adari crushed it, finishing with 72 total yards and a score. It was good enough for him to finish 15th, top 15th at the running back spot on Sunday. So a capable receiver out of the backfield. We're hearing his name more and more. If you're in PPR leagues, a solid option as a replacement for J-Rob against a Patriots defense that's been top 10 most generous to running backs over the past five weeks. Want another running back? Of course you do. You want to win your championship. So I submit Jay Howe. Jordan Howard, he loves Sunday's game with a stinger, so that's definitely something to monitor and listen to Ian Rappaport, Garofalo, and Pelissero on. But if he's good to go on Sunday, he would be the main guy, the primary ball carrier in the Eagles' backfield if Miles Sanders doesn't go, and he won't. So he scored three touchdowns in the six games he's played this year while averaging over five yards a carry. So he should be set up for success behind that O-line up against Washington. And if both Sanders and Howard can't go, it's going to be... 
The Boston Scott Show. He punched in a score after both running backs went out on Sunday, and we've seen him thrive when he's forced into action over the past couple of years. He's a very viable option to back up, and he's actually averaged over 100 total yards per game in Week 17 situations over the last two seasons. Fresh legs, he does his thing, and he wins fantasy championships. And finally, just a little sprinkle, just a wide receiver for you in case you need one. Lots of love on waivers for Isaiah McKenzie, racking up 11 catches for 125 yards and a score in that win over the Patriots. If Cole Beasley gets and remains out of the lineup, uh, I think he can end up having another big day against the Atlanta Falcons. Week 17 matchups, let's take a look. Your waiver wire targets, four running backs, and an Isaiah McKenzie, and that should be it. And enough to give you some depth and some options. And obviously, COVID uh, has been all over the place, so these are good guys to add. Even if you feel like you've got the roster and you're ready and you love your matchups, you want depth to go ahead and win. So there you go. You're welcome. Go to NFL.com slash fantasy for more information there. Now, we had a debate. We in, we out. Peter, very controversial. He likes to stir the pot. He likes to get everybody going, giving everybody little <laughs> sound bites. I'm sorry, I'm the Producers are talking to me in my ear. She's not doing what? I'm doing it. I'm doing the tweets. Let's do it. I think we have some tweets in reaction to our coach of the year. Is that true? Let's find out. All right. Let's do it. We've got a couple right, minutes go. here. Mike Jones. Sorry, guys. But Kay. Hey, Kay's correct. LaFleur should get coach of the year. He's dealt with more drama than a season of Kardashians, yet his team has the best record <laughs> in the NFL. 12, reg- 12 regular season wins. For LaFleur, three years in a row. How about Thomas? He's saying Andy Reid, coach of the year. Team started three and four and looked lost. Now looking to lock up the number one seed. What do you think, Peter? I didn't think Andy, but you're right. This team, the defense was atrocious to start the season. Then it led, Andy's a good one here. They are the clear-cut favorites. Um, comparing the Packers to the Kardashians, I don't know about that, though. That, that's not right. <laughs> and Rob, what do you think? Brian Flores, head coach of the year, especially if they make the playoffs history making season one and seven, eight and seven, Mike. No. Yeah, definitely you can look at Brian Flores. Each year, this team with the Miami Dolphins, they know how to finish strong. Packers, to me, this would be the third year that they've been really good. I think the, the, the story with the Packers will be told later on if they go to the Super Bowl. KB, Rob is saying 95% of analysts gave the Eagles no more than three to four wins this year. Sirianni found the identity of the team and they control their destiny. I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. First year head coach, crazy quarterback situation. They're on fire. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I like it, actually. Former employee of the New England Patriots, the Atlanta Falcons, the Kansas City Chiefs, and now with us at the NFL Network, a three-time Super Bowl champion, Scott Pioli. Good morning, football to you. What's up, Scott? Good morning, Peter. Good morning, the rest of the crew. Good to see everybody. Great to see you. You know, a couple weeks ago, the Patriots go into Buffalo and they only throw the ball three times, but they still beat the Bills in demoralizing fashion. On Sunday, the Bills had a response. From your vantage point, Sean McDermott coming out there and that Bills team going into Foxborough and getting that win. What does that mean for Buffalo? You know, Peter, you know, after that game, I heard the word embarrassing and and everyone was so down on the bills. But one thing about that first matchup that stood out to me with a scouting background, when you evaluate a player, when you evaluate teams, when you evaluate coaches, you can never put too much emphasis on a game where there's extenuating circumstances and there's so many outside factors. So now the bills had an opportunity to go into Foxborough, play man for man, play in a good situation, good conditions and they played terrific football. So I think what that did for the Bills yesterday was it gave them true confidence. I didn't agree with some of the evaluations of the embarrassment game previously. Just didn't like that. But I'll say this. I think the Bills are now a much more confident team because they know they can beat an elite-level football team. They have a chance to win the division. But on the flip side, I don't think that this game is going to affect or impact the confidence of the Patriots. So as soon as that game was done, I was sitting there watching, thinking to myself, it was like one of those epic fights back in the day where one battler would win the first game, the next one would win the other game, and now they've got to wait for the rubber match. So after the game, I was sitting there thinking that they were probably looking, hey, good to see you, man. I'll see you again real soon. So I'm excited for the third matchup whenever that happens in January. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Bills Chiefs, too. I'm excited for the playoffs, Scott. I think we all are, except, of course, for the teams that will not be joining us in the playoffs. And some of those teams, as they play out their last couple of games, aren't sure what they're going to do at quarterback moving forward. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of questions to be answered. You have teams like the Giants, the Panthers, just to name a couple. From the front office perspective, how do you handle a season winding down and to to determine who your quarterback of the future is going to be? Kyle, this is so complicated. We could spend an entire one-hour show on this thing and what goes into it. But essentially what has to happen is you have to determine who is the leadership group. You know, Because usually when you have a quarterback that you're determining the future on, the record probably isn't that good. So who's staying? Is the general manager staying? Is the head coach staying? Who is going to be part of the leadership group making the decision? But there's so many factors that go into this. It's the performance. It's the development. It's the team's confidence. It's the organization's confidence. There's so many things that have to go into this, Kyle. You know, I remember I've been a part of some that have worked out. I've been a part of some that haven't worked out in determining who the quarterback is. But to me, what's most important in this moment is that the quarterback of the future is also a good enough quarterback for the now. So you're winning games and everyone keeps their job to continue to develop and have continuity and keep that quarterback around. Mm, Scott, we talked to you briefly in the commercial break, and you were all burrow. You liked his response. You liked what happened. The Ravens did not like the fact that he hung 500-plus yards, a ton of touchdowns on them. And Burrow had this to say after the game. He was asked about Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale and his gold jacket comments. Take a look. Um, I didn't think it was a necessary comment. I wouldn't say I was offended by it. I mean, I'm in year two. Who knows what's going to happen down the road, but I didn't think it was a necessary comment. Was it on your mind when you were throwing at the end for 525? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, Maybe. to me... Maybe, cute little smirk there. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of it? Okay, to me, this was possibly my one of my favorite moments of this season, as silly as it sounds, because what Burrow showed in his response was a good attitude, poise, And it was the perfect response because if you listen to his words but also looked at his facial expression before he talked about maybe motivating, to me it was this moment where he was almost saying, why does someone have to be so mean? Why did someone have to be so disrespectful? And it was this cool moment to me where he was almost, I don't want to say naive in a sense, but it was almost like, Why does someone have to be that disrespectful to call me out in that way? It was just totally unnecessary. And I loved, again, his voice, the way he looked, because he answered it not only with his words, he answered it with his face, where he was almost, it was almost like he was hurt that, you know, Wink, why did you have to be so disrespectful? Can't we just go out and compete like grown adults? So again, it was one of my favorite moments of the season, as silly as that may sound. But to me, what it tells me is the Bengals have the right guy, not only as a player, we can see the tools, but from a makeup standpoint and a maturity standpoint, that was outstanding, in my opinion. Yes, Scott Joe Burrow, the nonverbal communication was amazing. I love the answer as well. Uh, 56-14, that was the score. Them Cowboys beat the you-know-what out of the Washington football team so look the question is are you totally in on this Cowboys team you picking up what they putting down or are you still kind of on the fence because we've seen Cowboys teams of the past be talented but then blow it in the playoffs and Rob you know you and I are both excited about our guy Dan Quinn and the job that he's doing so I am strongly encouraged by the Dallas Cowboys particularly that they're doing this now in December However, I'm also one like that likes to manage expectations and want to tap the brakes a little bit. I mean, Peter nailed something yesterday that I agreed with. They've got this four-game winning streak. This past weekend, they were absolutely dominant, but they were dominant against the team with their number two quarterback, with their two, you know, two starters in the secondary, including Landon Collins, out for the game and without one of the game's best pass rushers. And that is not to say that the Cowboys are not good. They are ascending. They are improving. They're winning games that they should. But if we look at their last four games, two of those wins are against the Washington football team. One is against the New York Giants, and the other one is against the Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints. So to me, I'm not being disrespectful to those teams, but those are all teams that are under 500 and really haven't been that consistently competitive. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to believe in the Cowboys, 
but I'm tapping the brakes just a little bit. I want to see them beat a good playoff caliber team in order to get me on the bandwagon. And that's fair, Scott. I just got a text from a friend saying, Pioli on Burrow was terrific. That's exactly right. Why do we have to be so mean? It was so uncalled for. So you do have fans watching out there and people are listening. That's good stuff. Um, Teams with head coaching vacancies like the Jaguars and the Raiders, they can start interviewing head coaches now. This is a new rule for the NFL, but starting this week, if you've already fired a head coach, you could start meeting with other head coaches. Who does this benefit, and how would you go about doing this if you were one of the guys running one of these teams? Peter, I think it benefits both sides. And when I say both sides, I mean it benefits the clubs and ownership because they can get a head start But now with clubs and ownership, they have to decide who's their decision-making group, right? Who is going to be a part of that search committee? But to me, the bigger winners on the other side are the coaches. Because now there's coaches that normally would be in the playoffs that couldn't be talked to. I think it opens up a lot of possibilities for other coaches. So I think everyone is going to win in this. But just like every good rule that we come up with, there's always going to be some unintended consequences. I just don't know what they are yet. But to me, I love this idea that people can talk to coaches. There will be some teams and some head coaches that are disrupted or feel that they're disrupted and feel that their coaches may be distracted. But I also think that ownership and teams are looking for coaches may be using this as part of the interview. How all in will this coach be during the interview? Is he still doing his job? How committed is he and how loyal to is he to the organization he's working for? So to me, I'm really excited to see how this works itself out this year. Yeah, that's an interesting take. It's like the prisoner's dilemma. Like you're almost reading there. I'm like, okay, if you're too into this interview, what does that mean about your current team? Scott, great take as always. And mm. I'll never forget when Kyle Shanahan was with you guys in Atlanta, he told every team, I'm not interviewing until the season's done. And if I don't get the job, that's fine by me as well. I think there's something to be said for that too. Scott, great stuff Absolutely. as always. Thank you, man. Thanks, man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Canton is awaiting its next class. Join us live as we reveal the 15 legends 
who are one step closer to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The 2022 Gold Jacket finalists, Thursday, live at 5 p.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. It's intercepted by Williams. There he goes. And Aeneas Williams took it away. Aeneas was one of the hardest working guys that I've ever played with. I played with some pretty good ones. He's on the five. He scores! Rock gets it off. Intercepted by Aeneas Williams. And this could be a touchdown. When Aeneas is coming to your town, you just, you know, there is no easy route. There are no easy catches. This dude here is one of the better corners you're ever going to see in this game. Aeneas Williams is unbelievable. Oh, we a true playmaker at the cornerback position. Our next guest, one of the finest defensive backs to ever play the game. He played 14 seasons, had more interceptions than Deion Sanders, more Pro Bowls than Daryl Green. Please welcome back to the show, a friend of the show, Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Welcome to the show, big dog. Man, I'm loving the energy. I see the jacket. I see somebody eating a little breakfast. And those highlights, I love it from Dion as well as Daryl Green. Happy holidays to the Good Morning Football family. Shout out to you guys and the great work you do. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you for being here. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. Let's talk about uh, one of your former teams, the Rams, right? Last time the Rams were unbeaten in December, it was 2001. I was graduating from high school, Aeneas. Yes, I was. You were on that Rams team and went to the Super Bowl that year. What does that December momentum feel like for NFL team? And how far can this current Rams team take that momentum? First, in the middle of a pandemic, man, and all the all what we're seeing, players and coaches uh, not able to play, games being moved, but to be able to have uh, the Rams, the talent that they have on that team, uh, injured guys coming back, Avon Miller added, Odell Beckham Jr. added, these things happen in the middle of the season. They pulled an outstanding trade off with Stafford uh, in the offseason. So now the culmination in December, this is when you are supposed to be riding high and now those added pieces are assimilating well uh, within the team. So this team has it. They can score, excellent special teams, excellent defense. They're going to be a a team that's hard to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, and and it's it's so wide open right now in the NFL and because of the players maybe not being able to dress or the coaches not being able to, we don't know week to week which team is going to have their best stuff. And over the last three weeks, your other former team, the Arizona Cardinals, have not shown the best football. They had the obvious Monday night loss to the Rams, then this confusing loss to the Lions, and then the Saturday night loss at home to the Colts. What do you make of this Cardinals team? And although they're in the playoffs right now, any confidence that they can turn this thing around? It could be turned around, but one of the things, let's not sleep on the Detroit Lions. I remember when I was in Arizona, I'm sorry, in St. Louis, in 2004, we had, all we had to do was beat Detroit in Detroit to get home field advantage. And we went there and got upset by Detroit. And I like to tell fans all the time, these are professionals. Even though they may not win a whole lot of games, you have to be prepared. But when it comes down to the Cardinals, it's being healthy, Kyler being healthy. But now Hop is injured. But regardless of all of that, all of that, they have a very good team. They have to learn from their mistakes, protect the football, play very good defense like they do. Connor has had an outstanding at running back. So just a matter of now regrouping and not allowing the losses to be so devastating to you that you don't learn from them so you can now prepare for the next week. It's well said, Aeneas, as always, a couple of those losses, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, even J.J. Watt, guys who might have a say in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. And this is a very exciting time for the Hall of Fame because the Pro Football Class Hall of Fame is revealing its finalists for the 2022. The show is called The Gold Jacket Finalists. It airs Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern on the NFL Network, as Mike mentioned when we started here. You were teammates with current NFL Hall of Fame semifinalist Tory Holt, of course, and yes, he was on the show last week. And we asked him to do something he's very good at, which making his own case as a Hall of Famer. Take a listen to this. Well, I hold NFL records. I was drafted sixth overall. 
Look, you know, I was part of the greatest show on turf. You know, we changed the way our entire conference drafted their corners just so they can try to cover us. Mm-hmm. So you already know how this goes. And yes, Kurt's in, Marshall's in, Orlando's in, Isaac's in. A lot of guys are in. And I think maybe in a way that works against Tory. He's your teammate, though. Make the case for him yourself. Why should Tory Holt be a Hall of Famer? First of all, I can make the case by saying that Isaac Bruce was so glad they drafted uh, uh, Tory sixth overall. Because all of a sudden now, all those double teams, all those linebackers chipping you when you're running mm-hmm. a, a, a shallow crosser, all of a sudden now you have to pay attention to Tory Holt. Great route runner. Not only great route runner, but also have the ability to stress the field. So when you're dealing with the person that has this ability to get off the line, that's the other thing. A lot of times guys are mobilized because they're not able to get off the line. Tory one step and he's gone. Catch the ball. So let, let's do this. He catches the ball. He has to be identified uh, as a as a one one A B, however you want to turn those things. And then he gets deep on you. Excellent route runner. Every every day in practice, I got better going against these guys. And Tory is it's time for Tory. It's time for the – it was we call it the greatest show on turf. But really, these guys dominated whether it was on grass or turf. It just – they looked like it was a, <laughs> a, a mat and speed up team uh, when they were on turf. And also, don't shout out to – you don't hear about him being talked about the hall. Shout out to London Fletcher. Don't sleep on him. Mm, mm-hmm. 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 Okay. You got better facing those Hall of Fame receivers in practice. Torrey Holt maybe will make his way and join them with the gold jacket. But I was listening to that clip on the intro, Aeneas, and I think I heard Chris Carter's voice, Michael Irvin's voice. You, of course, played against the likes of Randy Moss. Uh, I would like to know, in your opinion, which we value greatly, it's always a treat to have you on the show, who's the toughest wide receiver to guard right now in the NFL? Devontae Adams has separated himself numbers-wise, but who's the toughest to guard? The, the two that come to mind is obviously Adams as well, but also Hop uh, in Arizona. This guy, <laughs> it almost like he makes it look easy. And uh, my, the, his catch radius, uh, you can literally think you have him covered, but his catch radius. So those are the two that come to mind. But the other guy who, yes, I have much respect, but Cooper Cup, it's, it's unreal. What I'm seeing Cooper Cup do, whether it's zone, whether it's man, this guy is setting records, and I I don't even know. It's like teams don't even know he's on the field. You know Stafford is going to go to Cooper Cup, but yet it's kind of like a lizard. Uh, one of the Proverbs says, it says there are four creatures unusual to humans. Like a lizard, easily caught, but yet you can find him in King's Palaces. Cooper Cup. Mm. <laughs> Just take a Cooper Cup, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah. You can't. And he does he does so much for that Rams offense. He leads block. He lead he's the lead blocker on some plays. He does the dirty work. And he's a route technician. I love Cooper Cup as well. But Aeneas, you were on a Rams team that led the National Football League in 2003 with 46 takeaways, bro. You know uh that that that's a prerequisite to winning football games in the National Football League, taking the ball away from the opposing offense. That this Dallas Cowboys team, they're number two in the National Football League and yeah. takeaways, right? Talk about just how important it is for teams to take the ball away from opposing offenses. And can this Dallas Cowboys team really make a deep run in the postseason? First, let's start out with my affectionate position. That's the cornerback. And when you watch Diggs, man, this guy, he's really a receiver. And obviously played receiver uh, initially going into college from what I know of. But what he does and how he impacts the game. Always, if we're breaking down a team and if you want to establish a team, you have to have a pass rusher. You have to have on defense that cornerback. And not only can he cover, but his ability to catch the ball, create turnovers. Now let's go to Michael, Micah, that young man coming out of Penn State. He is projected and where he's, what the defense coordinator has done is not just pick, pick, uh, put him in his position at middle linebacker, 
But to find out his ability to rush the passer and be willing to take him out the middle linebacker position and put him in position to make plays, that's what great coaches do. And that's what Dallas has done. They found a way to put Micah in positions to make plays. And mm. rushing a passer is one of the things that he does extremely well. And turning the ball over, as you know, just like 56, Dallas putting a 56 burger on Washington. That has a lot to do with the turnovers uh, that the defense uh, yep. hands the ball back to the offense. It really does. And Aeneas, I hope you don't mind, but we saved the most difficult question for last. You talked about the Cowboys. Well, there was a rodeo that took place this past week, and we bring this up because we know you're a lover of dogs. Here we go. Halftime, Rams versus Vikings, and we got dog races. There was controversy. There was drama. Aeneas, what are your thoughts on these? They're called corgis. What are your thoughts on the dog races, and what are your memories of something crazy maybe you saw during a halftime in your career? First, one thing in sports, we use the affectionate term when we have somebody that's a baller, we call them a dog. And it's ironic that we're yep. talking mm -hmm. about the Minnesota game and we're talking about against the Rams. I didn't mention Jalen Ramsey is a dog. So mm -hmm. to have mm -hmm. that race mm -hmm. before the game and to see guys that play the game the way they play it and going to respect, uh, I just want to say it. But in terms of any weird thing as it relates to dog races and all those things, at the end of the day, it's just like racehorsing, racehorses. We're going into the, the end of the season, regular season, and now who's making, who's putting themselves in a good position as an NFL team mm -hmm. to win this dog race? And I would like to know from you guys who you think is going to win this race at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Peter. Oh, wait, he done teed us up, guys. He done teed oh, us up. I like the Bills in this. I like the Bills. I like the Bills right now. And I know a lot of Bills Mafia is watching, so I got to give a shout-out to my Bills Mafia. But it is. Thank you for joining us today, Big Dog. Thank you for coming by the breakfast table, man. Always awesome to see you, hear your voice, all of those things, man. And keep being a light out in this world for everybody, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys, and shout out to the movie of my former teammate, Kurt Warner. Sorry, it's amazing. Yeah, Keep up man. the great work, guys. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.